Hello, and welcome back to Some of This and Some of That. I'm your host, Sherelle, and today we're going to be talking about self-care when it comes to grief and loss. And so I have a really good friend on the line with me today, and she is an awesome individual who deals with this daily. I'd like you guys to welcome Erin Jones. She's the clinical social worker, and her business is Epiphany Services. Say hello, Erin. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Thank you, Erin, for joining me. So we've been doing each other for years since I can remember but yes we have been in the helping field for a long time and so I wanted to get you on here because um, I'm really big on self-care you know we talk about this a lot because it's really important um, for individuals just experiencing day-to-day you know activities doing day-to-day things but Mm -hmm. um, we know that dealing with grief and loss is something that's really really um, important and really really um, you know something you need to pay attention to because it can you know manifest in other areas so I wanted you to kind of tell me some of your top five things that you would encourage an individual to do when they are dealing with the loss of a loved one or an individual or you know whoever but give me your top five and then let's talk about that a little bit okay um top five in no particular order um just uh having boundaries when dealing Mm -hmm. with grief and loss like a lot of people um I saw this video and it's really cool I have to send it to you um okay uh it's about it's Brene Brown um who is a social worker as well and if you are an Oprah follower then you're probably familiar with some of her works like uh Daring Greatly Mm -hmm. to lead um just the gifts of imperfection and those kind of things and she talks a lot about uh vulnerability and how when people are trying to support us in a difficult place that sometimes they don't know what to say so she said I don't know if this is a verb or not but I'm going to use it as one she said um they try to silver lining your Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. so for example um I'm sure my sister wouldn't mind me saying you know she um gave birth to a little girl that was um stillborn back in Mm -hmm. September Mm -hmm. and um a lot of the things that she was saying well you know when, when somebody dies hear people say well they're in a better place well you really don't care about that Mm -hmm. because you want them there with you right right you know or at least you can get pregnant well it's a blessing you know this is all you know a blessing and those all those things on um a bigger level maybe Mm -hmm. yes at the time that's not necessarily what the person you know wants to hear right And, and so just the person who is the bereaved person just having your boundaries and sticking to those and you know, when people say certain things or whatever and you don't feel comfortable with what they're saying or whatever, whether you're expressive or you're not, I mean, it's okay for you to feel how you feel and have those right. boundaries about, around your loss because it's yours. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is one thing. Um, uh, number two uh, would have to be just giving yourself the grace to grieve, mm-hmm. meaning giving yourself time. Uh, right because everybody does it in their own time sure sure some people break down immediately process you know through it and you know they seem to be so much better adjusted sometimes we try to busy ourselves you know and then it Mm -hmm. hits us at a later time because we're trying to avoid you know those feelings right or whatever and um and everything so that's a big thing just time you can't erase you know if you lose someone and, and they've been a significant part of 
part of your life, a loved one, somebody that's been in your life, you're not going to get rid of the memories and you're not in, you know, you're not going to get rid of that in a day or six months or a year even. I mean, right. it'll always be a part of who you are and how you're now processing through life. Right. And nobody can tell you a certain time frame of when you should be over it, so to speak, or, right. you know, when you should be, uh, quote unquote, when you should be uh, better or healed or however you want to word it. But nobody sure, can tell you that. Yeah, it, because nobody really knows, like, what you have put into it as far as what kind of work you put into it. If you haven't put any, any work into dealing with that issue, it, mm-hmm. it's going to take you longer. It's going to take you a while. And like one of my issues how I got into being so into grief and losses of course I experienced you know some losses of my own right my, um my mother and my father both but my mother um I was much younger didn't have any like hospice experience hadn't even worked with death and dying grief and loss only mm-hmm. had taken the class you know what I'm saying right so mm-hmm. um and I, it's funny I took that class at what is now Georgia Highlands it was Floyd College at the time and I took right. death and dying as an independent study the summer before my mother died and I was wow. in, like one of the projects is to plan your own funeral plan your own funeral doctor yeah. Dr. Susan Claxton I yes, remember yes 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 so so to do that and then you know that was the extent of the experience I had really had right with grief and loss on that level so then to go and, and, and to do that. And so a lot of what I did, like the day after we buried my mom, I went mm-hmm. I went to Maymester. That was my, you know, solution. Like everybody around me expected me to be okay because I've always just seemed to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, you're smart. And oh, you're this and oh, you're that. And so I played to their role and I never, I didn't, I don't think I really started healing and getting okay with this as okay as one can get with losing their mother. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did that until probably within the, like the last five years and in May it will have been 15 years wow. since she's been gone. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Long time. But and you some days it feels like own. a long time and sometimes it feels like yesterday. It just right. depends sometimes. Yeah. Right. Right. That's good. That's good. And you took care of that or not took care of it. You processed that in your own time. And like you said, it just took within the last five years for you to really, really, you know, um, accept that and kind of get through it because it's it's your mom. So that makes sense. That's that makes a lot of sense. So what would be your number three? Number three, I would have to say hmm, just let me think. I said give yourself grace to grieve I mm-hmm. said having your own boundaries, your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, number three like do the work like allow yourself to be in those difficult places you know we always like to hear about the mountaintop experiences but those are not as precious if we don't have those valley experiences right so you know even if it means like when you're in that valley maybe you're afraid a lot of people don't want to go to the valley because they think they won't ever come out of it Absolutely, um, and that's why it's important that you allow yourself to have um, those valley experiences and process and sit with that pain because you need right. to. It needs right. To I feel be like if you never, right. I feel like if you never go through that, then you won't know how to come out on the other end. I mean, I too have dealt with loss, and I think that what helped me to kind of get through it is going to those low points. Mm-hmm. You're going to have those moments you break down. You're going to have those holidays that you wish somebody was here sure. or that 
you know, you, you, you're used to being, having a person around you. And when that's not an option, you, you have to take it there because like you said, do the work. You don't know um, how you're going to come out on the other end. And it teaches you things about yourself. I believe it teaches you things about yourself. It strengthens you. Um, it helps you to kind of mature in a sense. I hate to say that, right. but, but I feel like it does. I feel like you kind of grow up because um, you learn things about yourself and how strong you can be, Right. you know, or if you're, if you're a weak person or fall weak to a situation, then it teaches you how to be able to reach out and get the assistance that you need so that you can process through that. Sure. Sure it does. And I mean, and, and that's huge. The valleys are important. The mountains are great, but the valleys are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So the next one, what would be your number four? Number four would be like establish some people, like a team, your support team. Good. Um, because like a lot of times, you know, we want to be so independent and like realistically speaking being alone like there's a, there's a time that you need some solitude to kind of declutter and you know that kind of thing but there's a time mm-hmm. when it is debilitating and it is not good for you right and right. so you need that one friend that's a little bit pushy that even when you say no don't come over here or you know whatever the case like you need that friend to be like I'm coming over there unlock the door I'm gonna stand out here until you know <laughs> you need that you know right. what I'm saying to kind of to pull you out of the valley sometimes it, right. it may take you know your team to do that so you need to establish a team of people who are who value being your confidant meaning they're not going to run your mouth or run their mouth you know about your right. business you need to feel right. safe you need to feel able you know to go to the valley and to break down and to snot and to ugly cry if that's what you need to do you know what I'm right. saying? Um, and right. I kind of want well, now, now that I've said that, I kind of want to go back to the grief piece. Um, well, to like number two, or about your journey being your own. Like, mm-hmm. don't feel compelled to be sad. Like, if that's not where you are, like, be genuine. I'm so glad you, you said know that. about where you are. Like, a lot of times it makes people uncomfortable because people feel like we should feel a certain way. And I'm just exactly. Um, I'm, I'm always amazed at the fact. And how adulthood, and especially I think with social media, and you can chime in whenever when I when I finish the statement or whatever. But how much we still are almost like in perpetual middle school, like the mm-hmm. the need to be accepted or to look a certain way or to, you know, I need to be married, I need to be this, I need to be that, right? You know, the pressure that we put on ourselves to perform or to be for other people you know what we kind of need to be being for ourselves or absolutely you know that kind of thing it, it's just always interesting to me you know Maslow he knows what he's talking he knew what he was talking about as far as us all wanting to have a sense of belonging and there's nothing wrong with right. that but don't be disingenuous don't be inauthentic because that never works well, I, I agree with you. I, I posted something on my Essence um, Consulting um, site about be what you need. So, you know, some people feel like, according to social media, you should 
be this or you should be that or you should be making this amount of money or you should you know it's all these things oh I can help you make six figures in you know in 30 days or whatever the case may be but I think when you're dealing with something as traumatic as um you know losing someone or whatnot then like you said making the journey your own you you do what works for you if breaking down works for you fine if going to the casino is what works for you fine I'm not saying you know to that extreme but I'm saying you have to look at you know what what matters to you and how you deal with that and how you process that is you is on you I can't tell you that you should be crying every night I can't tell you that you should be clubbing every night to deal with it all I can say is let me be that support for you if that's something that you need but you deal with things on your own and I've always been the kind of person to say you know what sometimes you need to have that ugly cry to release all of that that's in there that you haven't really dealt with so I know for me uh going through it with a close uh with a loved one like my grandfather who was like a surrogate father to me you know dealing with that I had my moments of um of breaking down I had to cry I didn't know how to um channel that energy any other way so for me it was the memories that helped pull me out because I was able to say you know what for his, you know, 60 plus years here on earth, I had an opportunity to be with him, to spend time with him. Right. He's created some great memories. He's taught me some amazing things. And that to me was important because that was the only way I really knew how to come out of that. But I still had those moments where I would cry at night or, you know, I, it's been what, since 2004. And every time around the fall, I, I feel that um, that void because I'm used to him being here it was a you know a significant time in my life that season was important to me so I do agree let your journey be your own and no one can tell you how when where you know a certain time frame on how to deal with that so I agree with you and social media is definitely just sometimes it can be a positive but it most certainly can be a negative so I, I agree with you in that aspect so let's talk about the fifth one what would be your fifth one? Um, the fifth one is your life will never be the same, but it can still be great. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. I agree with you. I do agree with you. I do feel like um, sometimes when you lose someone, you have this expectation of what it should be or what you're thinking it could be. But like you said, it can still be great. And I do um I do feel like sometimes people don't know how to really process through what they've been through or what they're going through. And I think sometimes that can, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Erin, but I do feel like when people don't deal with those challenges or deal with situations like that, I really feel like um, it can manifest in other areas of their life where it creates a problem at times. It creates a problem. And I, you know, I've known one or two people in my lifetime that maybe didn't go to a a loved one's, like a parent's funeral. And it seems like that's something they carry with them five, 10 years later. Right. You know, it's almost like they are uh, dealing with clinical depression. Right. And they're functional, but you can tell that this person just hasn't been right since a certain time frame. And that's a scary thought to know that people, um, I say suffer in silence, you know, I could be using the wrong term, but they kind of suffer in silence and deal with that mm-hmm. um, differently and they don't really process through it, you know, and so that can be an issue, I think, at times. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, 
sometimes when people are taking a stand and saying, you know, this is just like how I said, your grief journey and how you choose to handle it. But some, I mean, and it is your own choice, but just be aware of the collateral damage that could come from not getting it. If right. that's something, you know, um, that you need or whatever, like, be careful, you know, right. that, that you don't, in the in, for the sake or for saying that it's, you know, this is my choice, you're not, you're choosing to avoid, um, you know, the reality of the fact that that person is gone. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can move on with your life. Your life is not going to, I'm never going to have my mom and my dad again. Ever. Right. And not only were they my parents, they were great parents. Flawed, of course, but they were still great parents. They were supportive. Right. They were, I mean, they were everything. And my, you know, my mother was just a pivotal voice in my life not that my father wasn't but I think like I said I just think that had more of an effect on me because I was only 24 we really didn't have any conversation about it even though my mom was sick we never talked about it and we never mm-hmm. used hospice or anything like that and because I was so maladjusted just from there being no conversation that's why I'm such a strong advocate for hospice um, right you know in this event because no, you and even as a hospice, even when you have hospice, doesn't mean you can never be adequately adequately prepared to watch someone oh, you no. love die. Oh no, you can't. Ever. You cannot. Um, I don't care who the social worker is. I don't care who the nurse is. I don't care how much education there is. Something in your heart. There is something in your humanness that is just yes. not. You know, it's not. <laughs> right. I agree with you. I agree with you. And um. With that being said, you know, it is a void that will never be filled. And we do try to fill it with other things. We try to fill it with relationships. We try to mm-hmm. fill it with money, achieving, mm-hmm. success, mm-hmm. you know, all of all of these different things. But until we really, you know, sit with that pain and when you're talking about manifesting in other areas of your life, I mean, your physical health, the stress of not just ever expressing it, what it can do to your blood right. and in turn do to your heart. Yes. You know, yes. And, and all of those kinds of things. And, you know, I remember once, this is before <laughs> when Steve Harvey was like straight a comedian and, um, you know, none of the other ventures he hadn't really, you know, branched off into the TV show, but I remember, and it may have been on Kings of Comedy. I know it was on one of his concerts, like a comedy mm-hmm. concert. But he said he's not going to therapy because he got, he's going to wait until his problem manifests into something physical and he's going to go see a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but funny as that is, like, I, I will never forget that. I don't even know that I had even decided. I'd have to see what year that was said to even know, like, where I was, like, on my educational journey. But I don't even think I was there. Oh, Aaron, I think we lost you. Okay. Am I okay? Sorry, a, a phone call came through. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what um, what he said, a lot of people really do believe. Um, but I don't even know if they have, like some do, I think. But I don't even know if all people really believe that it can manifest somewhere else. Unforgiveness, um, you know, right. a lot of unaddressed things. And people, I'm telling you, people go through their lives, you know, having not. Um, address things from their past from their childhood trauma you know all these kind of things and it it, all these kinds of things and they affect they're so affected you know by it and they're so oblivious to it because it's been such a part of their life and their makeup 
or the yep. whole time they think, oh, I'm just a mean person. Well, no, you never You're really discuss that molestation. So, right, absolutely, know, I know, agree with you. That kind of thing. So, I agree with you. I do agree with you. Trauma and and all of that stuff. And people, when you don't address it, it it does manifest in other areas. You know, when you. I, I, think of an example having worked in mental health you think about um and Erin you may have experiences I'm sure you have but you know you think about older adults that have been molested or raped as a child and never really dealing with that and then they look at okay and I'll give an example I used to have a lady in um in a bipolar group that I would do every Friday and um she was 60 something years old and I found it strange that at her age she just could not she felt like she couldn't get it together. She was very, you know, hyper, uh, hyper sensitive to stuff, you know, very hyperverbal at times. And just, you know, she would come to group and just be broke down. And I'm thinking you're in a situation where you're living with your ex-husband free. He's giving you, you know, he's giving you a place and, and, um, and, you know, I never knew her story because of course, you know, sometimes you're in group and you're kind of just going with the flow and trying to deal with things as they come. Cause you have so many individuals, but one day, she actually opened up and shared that as a child at 12 years old, her mother used to have her join in to these sessions when she was with men. Oh, and God. Of course, they perked on her. Oh, yeah. Very traumatic. But she didn't realize that she carried that through her marriage, which, you know, she birthed children and, and she was a, a wife and she worked. But she didn't realize that even at in her later, you know, late adulthood in her 60s, how that had manifested, which caused her to divorce her husband. She didn't trust him and all this other stuff. And it wasn't until she had that breakthrough and started dealing with that in individual therapy that she really saw that, oh my God, this has really affected me. So my point of that is, I feel like when you do have something traumatic, you know, you have lost someone and you don't allow that to be dealt with, it can create so many other things that go wrong in your life that... You still there, Sherelle? Or it's hard to uh, get that back. You know what I'm right. saying? So I do, I do agree with you. It definitely... Um, can be a challenge at times but Aaron, I know that we are you know we can go on and on for, for hours <laughs> sure, <laughs> now, we, we, we are um, going to wrap this thing up I want okay. you to tell people um, about Epiphany and you know how they can get in contact with you and what service just give me all of that about you and your okay. business cool beans it's um, Epiphany Concepts um, well I can't hear you I'm sorry hold on a second Am I am I still here you are is kind of low, but go ahead. Okay, is that better? Um, a little bit, not as it was, but that's okay. Okay, okay. Um, Epiphany Concepts. Um, I have a, a monthly grief and loss support group that meets every um, fourth Monday of the month. Um, we moved it up a week um, because of the holiday, so actually Monday um, coming. December 17th um, from 6 to 8 we'll have the group it is free of charge it is located at um, quality care for children in their training area the um, address is 910 North Tennessee Street um, and if you need more information I'll get I'll send the flyer to Sherelle for you know followers and what have you and you can take a look at that and see if that's something that you would be interested in uh, I also am offering individual 
therapy, but that won't start until February of 2019. So I'm just kind of getting some things in order for that. You can friend me on Facebook or at least I guess follow because I fluctuate to get to my limits sometimes just from singing and stuff like that. So it's Erin Jones, E-R-I-N-J-O-N-E-S. And then um, on my Instagram, I post a lot of things, um, therapeutic uh, tools and information about my group also on my Instagram. And it's Erin's Life, E-R-I-N-S-L-Y-F-E. So. Okay, cool. I appreciate it, Erin. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate you. And I am super uh, excited. So thank you again, Erin. And guys, if there is any additional information, you can actually send messages through the podcast. So send a message um, or comment or a question for Erin or myself, and, um, and we will get back with you. And as always, I appreciate you. And you can email me also at ShereleMcKnight at Yahoo.com. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Erin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.